The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Abundant life. You know, because God doesn't just want us to have life. God wants us to have abundant life. God wants us to have life abundantly. And abundance just simply means more than enough. When something is abundant, it means it's more than enough. It's beyond what is required. For instance, if you are asking God for two things and he gives you 2,000 things, that, there's only one word for that. What's the word? Abundance. If you are trusting God for a promotion and he gave you a triple promotion, there's only one word for that. What's that word? Abundance. And many times we limit God. There are things that put a limitation on us and we are not able to walk in the fullness of the abundance that God has for us. The, the first one would be a positional limitations. So you are wrongly positioned. So when you are wrongly positioned, you are going to have challenges with abundance. And obvious one is from a spiritual standpoint, if you are not in Christ, you are wrongly positioned. Why? Because when you are in Christ, the scripture says, and we know that you are seated in heavenly places far above principalities and powers together with Christ. So you are above limits. When you are not in Christ, you are under the controls of the elements. So if you are wrongly positioned, I'm praying today that you will reposition in God, in Jesus' name. Also, we could be limited by our resources or we could allow ourselves to be limited by our resources. And we, we say that, oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, I wish I had more this. I would have done that for God. I wish I had more this. You see, the truth is that your destiny does not depend on your resources. I know that's strange to some people. Really? Yeah. Your destiny does not depend on your resources. If God were to depend on your resources, <laughs> you and I know what is in your bank account. Okay, maybe you and God knows what is in your bank account. God doesn't depend on our resources to take us to where he wants to take us to. You need to take your eyes off your resources. When Jesus was about to feed 5,000 men, apart from women and children, he asked them, what do you have? And the disciples came back that we only have five loaves and two fish. And Jesus was not confused. And the disciples were like, what is this among so many? That was their response. In other words, this resource is too little. It cannot fulfill this objective. And Jesus said, no, tell them to sit down. God does not depend on your resources to take you 
to where he wants to take you to. So don't let your resources become a limitation. Gideon had 32,000 men initially. God reduced them to 300 men. And with only 300 men, Gideon took nations, defeated stronger armies. Why? Because God is not tied to your resources or your lack of resources. So don't let resources become a limitation. You know, I, I, I work as a church. I mean, some of you know, if you've been there for a while. We don't, we don't look at the resources to determine the project. We say this is what we want to do for God. Then we say, what do we have? We don't say, what do we have? And now begin to say, this is what we want to do for God. No, 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 no. We say, well, this is what we want to do for God. Then we say, what do we have? And all the time, it's a world apart. But God always comes true. Don't be positionally disadvantaged. Don't let your resources cage you. Don't let historical realities limit you. Some of us, we allow historical facts to limit us. We, this, is, this is what the great-grandfather has experienced. This is what your grandfather has experienced. This is what your father has experienced. And you are actually seeing the signs in your life. But the devil is a liar. That barrier is going to be broken with you in the name of Jesus. History can be so strong because you know, you pretty much can't argue with history. That is how it's done. That is how it has been. But the word of God supersedes your family history. It does. So, don't be limited by history. Don't be limited by history. Number four, don't be limited by your sight. Don't be limited by what you see. Many times, the reason we are not moving in abundance is because we always see scarcity. I know there's first scarcity. And folks are like, Pastor, when I'm driving home, all the petrol station, no fuel. But I want you to see fuel in those petrol stations in Jesus' name. I want you to see abundance. What you see is so powerful. Why? Because if you check God, God largely doesn't go beyond how far you see. Largely. God said to Abraham, he brought him out, and he said, I said to Abraham, look to the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. As far as you can see, I will give you the land. And today, we are called the children of Abraham. What does that tell us? Abraham saw you and I that day. He saw Nigeria, he saw Africa, he saw Kenya, he saw Togo, he saw Gambia, he saw Zambia, he saw Zimbabwe. He saw as God wanted him to see. I'm praying today that you will see as God wants you to see in the mighty name of Jesus. It's amazing. God had told Jeremiah, this is what your destiny will be. God has said to him, but God also said to him, Jeremiah, what do you see? You know, it's something that God, God can give you a prophetic word, but God will also ask you, 
Okay, I've said this, but what do you see? And, and, and if you don't see accurately, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. But you will begin to see accurately beginning from today in Jesus' name. Number five. That limits us is our words. What we say. What we say. You know, life and death are in, are in, the, in the tongue. So what you say limits you. I have seen people practically bind themselves with what they say. They, they, they take a, a shackle and they tie ropes around their hands and legs with what they say. I'm telling you, sometimes it's so disheartening. And you, you see parents, you're having a challenge with a child. The child is so stubborn. And you're saying, this child, it don't go better for you. I've, I've heard parents say that. Parents say, oh, this child, you're going to kill me today. People, your wife have, has upset you, and you just say to your wife, <laughs> you are just like your mother. All of you are useless in your family. Evil stuff. You are binding. You are limiting yourselves. Now, God wants you to break out of that. And for you to break out of that, you need to change that. You need to change what you say. I don't know what, where you want abundance of life today. You need to change what you say. Say to your neighbor, change what you say. And the truth is that our God is a God of abundance. God is a God of abundance. God is a God of abundance. Just look around. God does things in abundance. Look at the stars. In Genesis 1, when he was creating the, the ocean, he said, let the ocean bring forth abundantly all sorts of creatures as advanced, quote and unquote, as man is today. As advanced as our gadgets are. Did you know that man has not explored more than 5% of the ocean? Just 5% of the whole ocean. Just 5%. Scientists are bewildered at the depth of the ocean. They get to a certain level. I was reading, reading a report that they get to a certain place. The darkness is too thick. And the creatures, they, are, they cannot see those creatures. So they have to come back. <laughs> you know, the Bible says they are leviathans. You know, what is leviathan? Who knows? It's in the ocean. The depth of the ocean. God is a God of abundance. You are his child. There's a saying, the son of the lion. It's like the lion. Have you ever seen a child of a lion behaving like a chicken? It must take God's heart to look at us and say, what's going on? I created you for abundance. David was saying in Psalm 23, he says that thou anoint my head with oil, my cup what? Runs over. In other words, picture it with me. Everybody has a cup. Everybody has a cup. David had a cup. He had a capacity. So God was pouring oil on David's head and he was pouring oil on David's head and the 
cup was full and God did not stop. Why didn't God stop? God did not stop to show David that your capacity does not determine my anointing. Praise the name of the Lord. My anointing is much more than your capacity. You are restricted because you cannot take more than I can give you. He's saying to David, there's so much more from where this is coming from, David. And that's the problem with us. We, it's, it's our cup that is the problem. It's not the source. It's our cup. The problem is not the source. The problem is the cup. You see, you, you picture it like an ocean. If you see a, a huge ocean and everybody comes to the ocean with something to get water, guess what? Some people come to the ocean with a teaspoon. Some people come to the ocean with a teacup. Some come with, to the ocean with, 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 with a jug. Some bring a bucket. Some bring a tank. Some bring a tanker. What have you brought to the ocean? <laughs> you heard the first one you experienced. You know, you know what? You know how I approach it? Let me tell you. It's a secret. But I, I said in the first watch experience, I said to God, me, I'm not coming with a teaspoon, a, a spoon, a teacup, a cup, a jug, a mug, a pail, as a, a bucket, a tanker. No, 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 no. So, Pastor, what are you coming with to the ocean? I'm coming with a pipe. <laughs> I want to just plug into that thing. And begin to roll the pipe to God's favorite house. <laughs> then open it. That's how I approach the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So when people are saying, fill my cup, Lord. Me, I say, plug my pipe, Lord. <laughs> oh, I lift it up, Lord. Why? Because I, there's no, that source is inexhaustible. So why should I go with a cup? Why should I go with a cup? There's no reason to go with a cup. Go with a pipe. Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through the mighty power that works within us, to accomplish what? Infinitely more. How much more? Infinitely more. Then we can ask or think infinitely more than we can ask or think. Think, okay, let's take a, 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 an issue that we all have to deal with as long as we are on, on earth, which is finances. Think about a figure from God that you want God to give it to you. Think about the figure now. I'm going to count up to three. One, two, three. Everybody has a figure. God will do much more than you have thought. Then we don't still believe that. Ah, Pastor, my own was big. You don't know. God can and will do much more. Not just enough to meet that figure. Not just a little more. He's going to do much more. Uh. 
Jesus' name. Now, there's a difference between abundance and waste. You need to realize that. There's a difference between abundance and waste. You see, a lot of us, the challenge we have is that we are too wasteful. God is a God of abundance, but God is not a God of wastage. God is a God of abundance, but God doesn't waste resources. God gives abundantly, but God is not prodigal with his resources. Now, you need to understand that. In fact, for a lot of people, that is the missing link. If you check our lives, it's full of waste. We waste everything. I, I, I was speaking with someone, um, I forget my house a few days ago, and, and the lady, we were just talking about, we waste power in this country, it's almost unbelievable. You have five rooms in your house, all the ACs are on, and nobody are in the, all of you are in the living room, but all the ACs are on. Waste. You check your, your garbage, your trash can. Chicken, fish, food that can fill the whole village is in your trash can. Waste. God doesn't like waste. Jesus, even when he fed the 5,000 people and there was excess, they, he said to them, make sure nothing goes to waste. Pack everything that is left. And they pack five baskets full of food. Why would Jesus do that? Because of course he's God. He knew that wastage, abundance is not wastage. God wants you to move you into abundance, but God is not talking about you wasting resources. So pastor, how do I resolve this concept? of more than enough and not wasting. How do I resolve it? It's in the word of God. 2 Corinthians 9.8 2 Corinthians 9.8 says to us that and God will generously provide all you need then you will always have everything you need. How much will you have? How much of your needs will you have? Everything. You will have everything you need and just enough. Just a little more than you need. And plenty. Plenty left over. So you have everything you need and plenty left over so that you can waste it. So that you can oppress your cousin with it. So that you can share with others. That's what the word of God says. So that you can share with others. So that's the purpose of the abundance. Finally, I get it. So the, God is going to bless you abundantly. So that you will have all your needs met. And you will still have plenty left over so that you can do what? Share with others. That's the purpose of the abundance. And that's in the New Testament. So people are just, they say, oh, prosperity is in the Old Testament. What's wrong with you? Read the Bible. 
so that you can have plenty to share with others. So the overflow, the abundance you are experiencing, you're going to experience, is, is so that you can have to share with others. Why do you want God to bless your business so that you can live a good life with your wife and your children, you have a better house, you drive a bigger car, you travel anytime you want to travel, then what? Then what? Then what? God is bigger than that. What about God blesses your business so that you employ a thousand people and feed a thousand families and a thousand families can have their own homes have their own cars. Isn't that a better plan? That is abundance. So you need to begin to change your thoughts. You need to begin to change your thinking. Change your plans. Why? Because we are planning too small. God wants to bring you to abundance. And many of us are content with life. But Jesus is saying, no, I've come to give you abundant life. We moved from death to life. But God is saying, but you need to move from life to life abundant. We explained last week, death to life, physical death to physical life is death to life. Going from physical life to physical abundance of life is anyone that comes in contact with you, that is dying physically, comes to life because they come in contact with you. That is what abundance means as far as physical life is. is remember the story of Elisha? Elisha was dead. His bones were in the valley, I mean, buried in the tomb. And they, somebody that was dead was dumped on him. What happened to the person that was dead? Came back to life. Why? Even in death, he was still carrying abundance of life. Wow. That's what God wants. So if, if, if bitterness to sweetness is moving from death to life, abundance of sweetness would mean anyone that has a Mara situation in their lives, when they come in contact with you, that Mara becomes sweetened waters. That is the abundance. Why? Because you have plenty left over to share with others. That's abundance. So you are not just filled with sweetness. Your sweetness can change other people's mara to sweeten waters. We said death to life is moving from sickness to health. Abundance of health would mean you have so much health and life that when someone that is sick comes in contact with you, they just brush off on your shoulder. They become healed. Why? Because you have plenty left over to share with, with others. Even in health, you lay your hands upon the sick, they recover. Why? Because you are carrying abundance of health. We saw that it's from slavery to freedom. So, Abundance of freedom would be not only are you free from everything that has kept you in slavery, 
will be if anyone that is bound is enslaved to anything or any habit comes in contact with you, they get their freedom. Because you have plenty left over to share with others. That's the abundance that God is saying. It, it, it overflows into other people's lives. And we also learned that you, you move from spiritual death to spiritual life. And when you have abundance of spiritual life, you know what that means? It simply means that when people that are far from God, that are spiritually dead, come in contact with you, they become spiritually alive. It means that because of you, people will come to Christ. That's what it means. It means God's life in you is overflowing into the lives of every other person. That is abundance of spiritual life. And, you know, I experienced this personally a long time ago. I think I was in final year um, of, of, of my university days. And I was driving my mom's car. She handed the car. It's, it's, it was a Jalopy, you know. I think Jalopies, we call that car Jalopy, you know. It was a superior Jalopy. The car was handed over to my eldest brother. He used it, rocked it through university, handed over to my middle brother. He rocked it, handed over to me. The car got to the fifth bond. It didn't get to this last bond. The car died. <laughs> but while I was driving the car, you know, the car broke down as usual. And, you know, it was going to break down. I knew it was going to break down. You know, you, I just didn't flow with your car, you know. You know when it was to break down. I knew the car was going to break down. And I was like, oh, no, not today, not today, not today. And the car broke down. Husband. And I wasn't feeling very I wasn't spiritual at all. I was angry. I was upset. I, was, I can't remember where I was going. But I was disgruntled. And I opened the bonnet. I opened the bonnet. I didn't know what to do. And two men came from nowhere. And they said, they're mechanics. You know how they just show up. They seem to know where your car is going to break down. <laughs> he showed up and he said, oh, they're mechanics. And they're, they've come to, to help me. I thought, oh, okay, go ahead. So I stood there. And they were working on the car. Of course, I stood close to them because you had to watch what they are removing from your car. <laughs> and one of them began to cry, as in sob. Grown men. And he looked at me and said, and he was confessing his sins. And he was saying, can I pray for him? He wants Jesus. I did not preach to this guy. Number one. Number two, I didn't feel spiritual. So it wasn't that I had prayed up. I had not even prayed. He was still there. I was still confused. The other one joined him. Two grown men. In retrospect, I discovered that that is an overflow of spiritual life. They both gave their life to Jesus. Glory be to God. And guess what? I didn't pay anything for the repair. (laughs) As was the the jar on top. Bottom line is spiritual life can flow, overflow in your life. 
We also learned that to move from depression to joy is death to life. And you can be so filled with joy to, that you are in the overflow of joy that anyone that is depressed, when they come into your presence, they live with joy. Have you noticed such people, once you just hang out with them, you are just filled with joy? Praise the Lord. And there are some other people, it's the opposite. No matter how joyful you are, once you come into their presence, they, they kill the joy. You live confused. You should know someone like that. If you don't know anybody like that, maybe you are the one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't say that. Exodus 35, 34 verse 5. Exodus 34 5 says that, And the Lord descended in a cloud, and stood with him there, with, with Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness. God says, I have goodness, yafun, yafun. You understand? It is plenty. It is without limit. My goodness is inexhaustible. That's what he's saying. Our challenge as human beings is that we get satisfied too easily. We get satisfied too easily. God has promoted you. He has answered that prayer. It's done beyond you could ever think or imagine. And we, 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 just, we just relax. We just become complacent. We don't seek after God anymore. And that is a problem because God still has a lot more for you. And you have to press into it. And God is saying to you today, can you take more? Only about 12 people answered that, yes. <laughs> Are you satisfied, he's asking. No. To ask your neighbor, please, can you take more? Can you take more, sister, brother? Can you take more? You know, when we were growing up, like I said, we were five boys and one girl. Imagine a mother with five hungry boys. <laughs> and eating in our, my home, my house, it's a big deal. Because then we, we loved food. I'm saying in the past because, so, you know, a lot of things have changed then <laughs> and now. We loved food. I kid you not. I used to eat a bar as big as this, like this. Really. Only me. <laughs> I'll be sweating. Now imagine having five of such. And I have some of my brothers that can eat more than me. That one is appetizer. I won't mention their names. <laughs> How my mom, we maybe dinner or whatever, and we finish eating, and we are hungry. So we hold our cutlery. I would say, we want more, we want more, we want, and to be a chorus. And my mom would say, all of you go and sleep now. <laughs> she bully us. What am I saying? 
As a church, God has done great things. And he's doing awesome things in our midst. But guess what? We want more. We want more. We want more. We We are spiritual liver twists. We want more, Lord. Oh, yes, you did awesome things on Sunday. Yes, you saved a lot of people. But, Lord, we want more. We want more. We want more. (laughs) Yes, you've healed people. Yes, people have experienced breakthroughs. But, God of heaven, we want more. We want more. That's our song to God. Even at this time. Why? Because we want abundance. We are not satisfied. We are, and you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> Have a rel- relentless soul for more of God, more of what God wants to do with us in this generation. There's so much that God has in store. There's so much that he has in store. So much. You know, I was saying in the second worship experience this morning that, you know, I was praying before the GWDIA unsolicited. And God said to me, okay, you're talking a lot about this, your 10 years of pastoring. <laughs> so, he said to me that this God ring says is going to be a, a special one. And it has been, wasn't it? And it, it, it said that, tell me what you want. Unsolicited. God asking you what you want. <sighs> you know what I asked for? Someone said money. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will tell you yet. I will tell you later. But I will tell you what it's about. I asked God for something for you. That was what I asked for. But I will tell you later what it is. I didn't want to say it at God in service because God in service you have all sorts of people, you know. You have not seen anything yet. Don't get complacent. In 1 Kings 10, 27, the word of God says that the king Solomon made silver to be in Jerusalem like stones, like ordinary stones. Because of the abundance of gold, silver was like ordinary stones. I, I say to entrepreneurs, you know, just... Go for the juggler. You are, you are in the business already. Why don't you just think big? I know you can start small. You should start small. Most, most times, most people start small. But don't stay small. Start small, but think big. Someone said, go big or go home. Go big or go home. And many times, when you, when you let yourself into what God is thinking about your life and your business, inevitably, people can think 
something is wrong with you. People think, what is wrong with this boy? What's wrong with this lady? I was into a podcast um, some time ago, and, and, and the host was saying that if everyone thinks you are strange, it says, take heart. It may just mean you are years ahead of your time. And there are many people here, people think you are strange, but don't worry, you are just years ahead of your time. You are. I'm used to that anyway. We say, oh, pastor. So I started again, you know. John 10, 10, Jesus said, this is my heart for you. This is my heart for you. The thief comes to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life. And, and means, in addition to life, it's not a, Jesus says, I just, I just don't want you to have life. And that we may have life more abundantly. That's what Jesus said. And the translation says that the thief approaches with malicious intent, looking to steal, slaughter, and destroy. He says, I came to what? To give life with joy and abundance. The enemy has come with malicious intent, Jesus said. But he says, I have come. Not with malicious intent. I've come with benevolent in- intent. I've come to give life. And intentions, intention is key in any relationship. It's key. It's, it's more important to know the intention of a gift than receiving the gift. The intention behind a gift is more important than the gift. You, you need to understand the, the, the intention behind people's actions. Intentions determine actions, but actions can camouflage the intentions easily. So the fact that someone is, is, is behaving nicely to you does not mean they have good intentions. It doesn't mean they have good intentions. In fact, many times Jesus will tell people what's in their heart. He knew the heart of men. The scripture says, because he knew the heart of men, he did not commit himself to, to people. Jesus knew the heart of men. So Jesus was saying, you are saying to me, Lord, 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 but your heart is far, far from me. He could tell. Can you tell the people whose hearts are with you or whose hearts are far from you? That's the beginning of your deliverance. So, no matter how good someone appears to be, if their intention is to hurt you, guess what? They will not stop until they hurt you. They won't. So, intention always prevails no matter the current experience. Always prevails. So, I said to, to, to ladies, the guy keeps buying you gifts. What are his intentions? No, oh, but pastor, he's just a nice guy. Find out his intentions. His intentions, okay, you are saying, okay, can't he just have good intentions? There's no free lunch in Freetown, they say. <laughs> I was educated. Oh, Freetown, I didn't know that, that bit of it. Now, okay, 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 no, no, no. Okay, but Pastor, are you, are you trying to tell me that people can't give you gifts out of a good heart? You're a single girl. The guy is consistently giving you gifts. He has no intentions. There are not many of us that can do that. 
Just only a few of us can do that. Okay, you will get that on Wednesday. <laughs> no, just, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. That's just how it is. Just only a few of us can give you gifts and no string attached. Consistently. So what if it's one of you? You never can tell. Intentions are so powerful that actions can be can make you think something else. But you have to learn in your relationships to step back. Always, always step back. And check the intentions. Always do it. God says to us in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, I know the intentions that I have for you. They are thoughts of good, not of evil to give you a hope and a future. So God is saying that I also have an intention towards you. And guess what? Regardless of what you are facing, my intention of good will come to pass. That's what God is saying. Because regardless of the current circumstance, my intention will come to pass. It will. So no matter what you are going through, there's always more in God. There's always more in God. You may be at a low hem. There's always more in God. Maybe in a tight place. There's always more in God. You may be at the top of, the, of your career. Guess what? There is still a higher place for you. There is always more in God. No matter how anointed you are, there is always more in God. Ephesians 3.20 that we read says, Now to God who can do so many awe-inspiring things. Awe-inspiring things. In other words, things are going to break out in your life that people their job will just drop. They're like, what? What? So you haven't seen anything yet. You have not seen anything yet. Keep pushing, keep pressing, keep pressing. Paul says, one thing I do, forget the things behind. I press on. You have to keep pressing. So the, the, the path that is hard currently is not going to remain hard forever. In fact, the, 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 the disguise of the large place, of the place of abundance, of the wealthy place, the disguise is that the path to it is a hard path. That's a challenge. The path to abundance can be a tough path. That's, that's the challenge that most of us take. So, a lot of people have taken a detour off the path. Why? Because it, it's just hard. But if you are here, you are contemplating taking a, a detour, don't. Because you are about to enter into your wealthy place. Stay on course. Stay on course. Stay on course. Stay on course. 
Stay on course. In Psalm 66, verse 12, the word of God says to us, Psalm 66, 12, that thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire. We went through the waters. But you brought us to where? To a wealthy place. And look at the path to the wealthy place. You allowed men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire. We went through the waters. But you brought us to a wealthy place. Another translation says NIV. It says, you let people ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water. But you brought us to a wealthy place. Who lets the people ride over our heads? God, you let. I'm like, God, can you do that? That's not fair. Listen. I don't know who is riding on your head, perhaps, or taking advantage of you, or whatever. God is using it for your advantage. He is. You're going to look back, and you know, I understand that it may be difficult to, to wrap your mind around this. You know, I was counseling with someone during the week, and you know, and I was sharing this scripture with her, and she, was, she couldn't understand it. I said, listen, stay in there. St- stay there. God says, we are going through the fire. We are not going to stay in the fire. The fire is not the destination. We are going through the fire, through the, the waters, but God is going to bring you to a wealthy place, a place of abundance, a place of abundance, so when people see you, and you know, interestingly, people have this theory. When they see people and they begin to say, oh, he's an overnight success. Oh, she's an overnight. Have you heard that before? You know? Someone was sharing with me how it was in a place where they were drinking. But man, what are you doing in a place where the bear parlor? Should a Christian be in the bear parlor? Am I missing something? It's evangelizing. Okay, it's evangelizing. Oh, should have said so. <laughs> he didn't say that. And, 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 and he said that, you know, for some reason, they were talking about me. And that's pastor. He can't even be up to 30. It's just an overnight success. Success, where's the success? You don't even start it. Do you understand? But that was what they were saying. And he said he was saying to them that, ah, the guy is over 40. They say, eh? He said, if you know what he has gone through. Now, this guy that was talking does not even know a tenth of what we have gone through. When you see someone in a wealthy place, the person has gone through a hard place. Because the hard place comes before the wealthy place. Many people are jeopardizing their hard place. They are taking shortcuts. That's why they don't arrive in the wealthy place. That's why it appears as if there is no wealthy place. Why? Because they've taken shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You need to go through the grind. And when you're going through the grind, it's very uncomfortable. 
It can be very humiliating. Ah, I'll tell you stories. You know, I say to folks, if I show you my back, you will see scars. Ah, figuratively. Not physical scars. The most popular psalm, Psalm 23, we, we all read it. I want us to read it together. It says, the Lord is my, I shall not want. Right down in the green pastures, lead me beside still waters. He restores my soul. It leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Me, your rod and the staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares the table before me, friends of my enemies. Thou anointed my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Did you notice that the valley of the shadow of death came before the table that was set. Came before the oil overflowing. So if you see someone with the latter, know that they've gone through the former. If you see someone with a set table and oil overflowing, ask them to tell you about the valley because there's a valley they've gone through. Some of you are going through your valleys. I have a word for you, if you will. Number one, you are about to come out of the valley. To a set table. To oil that is flowing without restraint. Number two, don't short circuit the valley. Don't take a shortcut. There are no shortcuts in God. There are none. There are no shortcuts in God. None at all. But since you are coming out of the valley, the table is set before you. Since you are moving from physical life to abundant life, Everyone that comes in contact with you that is physically dead will begin to come back to life in Jesus' name. Since you are moving from spiritual life to abundant spiritual life, everyone that is far from God that comes in contact with you will come to God. Since you are moving from joy to abundance of joy, everyone that comes around you that is sorrowful will live joyful. Since you are moving from abundance of finances to even a higher level of abundance, you are going to change people's financial destinies. When people in lack comes in contact with you, that lack becomes abundance. In the mighty name of Jesus. Let's burn our hearts as burn our heads. I want you to think about this. I want you to just embrace this 
You know, don't, don't resist God. Embrace the abundance. Embrace it. Embrace it. For some of us, we've not heard this kind of word before. You're like, God, can you really have abundance for me? Yes. Embrace it. I want to do that right now. And some of you, you may be here. You are wrongly positioned. You are wrongly positioned. Wrongly positioned meaning you are not in Christ. So you are subject to every limitation, every barrier, every, every, every force can trample over you. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to move from death to life. You, you are still in death. You are not even moving from spiritual death to life. I want to move from death to life. Pray with me. I want to pray with you today, wherever you are seated. You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, that is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head and I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me. That is me. Put it up. Well, you are it up. God bless you. God bless you, sir. I can see that hand. God bless you, sir. Another hand right there. God bless you. Another hand right there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. That is me. Another hand at the back. Right at the back. God bless you. Another hand there. Right there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. I want to move from death to life. Death to life. If you are just, don't just point it to heaven. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put it down. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand and cry to God. That is me. God bless you. That hand right there at the corner at the back. God bless you. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. Pray with me. I need to get out of debt. I'm, I'm, I'm in debt. You are talking about abundant life. I, I even need to come to life first. Pray with me. That is you. Put up that hand. I'm about to pray. The rest of us, let's just cry to God. Let's, 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 cry, to, let's cry to God. Let's say to God, Lord, I embrace your abundance. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, you are more than enough for me. Jehovah Nisi, oh, my banner, you are more than enough for me. Jehovah Rapha, my healer, you are more than enough for me.
can never thank you enough. We pray for everyone that is taking that step, deciding to move from death to life, to strike a relationship with you. Lord, we ask that you not only move them from death to life, you move them to abundance of life in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for everyone in this place, Lord, that the grace to embrace your abundance without any barrier or limitation give unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.